Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah. This is Steve Armour of Silverado Canyon, California. You're doing something good for yourself, for tennis, and the world listening to the tennis podcast well hello and thank you to the dulcet tones of our wonderful wonderful listener steve armor who has just introduced the show there we love you all but he is one of our very favorite listeners he sends us emails that make us cry on a, on a semi-regular basis. And yep. it's very fitting that he should be the one to introduce this, our 10th anniversary show. This day, 10 years ago, David and I were sat in David's parents' dining room mm-hmm. making audio history. Yeah, trying to work out how the microphones worked. <laughs> Two different microphones. <laughs> it sounded completely different from each other, but you know. How are they celebrating their 10th anniversary, I hear you ask. Well, I've worn my jazziest eyeshadow. Matt has worn his jazziest shirt. David woke up extra early to listen to episode one. Correct. Did you? Yeah. Mm. It, How was that? It was... I thought it was all right, to be honest. You know, I, I might have come back for episode two, especially since Ch- Carlos Moyer was in it. <laughs> Gaston Gaudio was in episode two. Yeah. That pulled the punters in. Anyway, <laughs> there's more, folks. There is more. Because joining us for this 10th anniversary episode is a woman that we all still can't really believe we get to call our friend and the 1977 French Open mixed doubles champion. It's only Mary Carrillo, folks. I'm delighted to be here. 45 years ago, some Italian... Uh, journalist told me that the other day and he said how does that feel i said it feels like it was a long longer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah do you know the date when is your when is your anniversary no will not, you and john be not a clue in the clue bag will you also have champagne and and madeleines with I'm with guessing, unlit candles in like like we're doing right now i'm guessing no what should i tell david the um, the omelet story yes please all right so david so 45 years ago john's 18 i'm 20 years old First time either one of us has ever been to Paris. Not one of us has any French. Three of our friends from Douglas in this tiny little town. I ended up introducing them to the late great Bud Collins, and he said, which one of you is the mayor? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we go to just have have breakfast at one of those outdoor cafes, 
and no one's coming to help us. No one's coming to wait on us. And the only thing I knew how to say is omelette de fromage, okay? Which it's a, it's a strong order. It <laughs> so I, all we wanted, all we wanted were cheese omelette. So finally, this guy comes to us, and I say omelette de fromage, and he's looking at me blankly, and he's saying no. So I'm thinking, I think I said that right. I mean, how how wrong can I get it? So of course, one of us in this group of Douglastonians starts yelling omelette de fromage. <laughs> So anyway, so and he keeps shaking his head. He goes back into the cafe, and we're sitting there forever. He finally comes back. It turns out, David, that they weren't serving breakfast anymore. So we had just been sitting there like idiots, all right, for about an hour. And he comes back, and John says once again, omelette du fromage. And this poor mook, God bless him, just threw up his hands and said, the omelette is closed. <laughs> And for 45 years, David, <laughs> I have been using that expression. Anytime someone goes up two breaks in the fifth, you know, anytime I realize something's over, that's what I say. The omelet is closed. We thought 1984 <laughs> was the reason John was haunted by this place. He, that's true, too. <laughs> started, but it turns out. It started with eggs. It started, <laughs> yes, before he was, yes, exactly right. Anyway, that's, uh, yeah. Is, is it? He's commentating with you. He is. During this. Matt is sitting in his chair right now. John. Wow. Yeah. Oh. At the NBC booth. We are in the NBC booth overlooking the Philippe Chatrier court where Belinda Bencic and Leila Fernandez are currently tussling it out in a mm. third set. Yes, I'm sure David's parents' dining room is very nice, but we've had a 10-year glow up. Slight, <laughs> slight upgrade. Are you ever allowed to bring up 1984 with John? Uh, uh, in 1984, yes. Absolutely. French Oh, no, he, he readily admits that he has a hard time walking through here, you know, the front. I mean, he should have won this. He only won, what, he lost three matches that year, right, Matt? He lost three matches, and this was You would know better than me, Mary. Yeah, and Lendl had lost in a couple of major finals. He had not yet won one, mm-hmm. and John was, John, we grew up on clay. At the Douglas and Club, we had three clay courts and two hard courts. And so, I mean, the guy knew how to play. He won the junior title that year, which a lot of people forget. Um, he well, won yeah. two titles that year. He d- he really did. It was and it was his first major title, the mix, and tragically my last. But <laughs> let's move on. Let's let's talk about some. Can I just say I'm very happy to be here on the 10th anniversary because I know we were supposed to do this the other day, and then I was absolutely gutted uh, learning about the learning about the shooting in Texas, all those school children, and I really couldn't get out of bed. And finally, I had to eat. So I went down to the hotel restaurant and where a lot of American fans of tennis were staying. Mm. And I was really, I mean, I was, I was, I was very, in a very fragile state. I'd been up all night and people are coming over to me and they want to talk about tennis. So I'm doing selfies in the restaurant and, and I'm just starting to lose it. And finally a couple comes over to me and says, so, uh, you know, do you think Nadal's going to get 14? And I started weeping. I started crying. And I left the restaurant, and as I'm going, and the first smile I'd had in a day was, I'm look, going to the elevator, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, they really must think that I don't, I don't reckon Nadal's got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, but I'm so I'm very I'm I'm very honored to be on your 10th anniversary show instead. We're. Uh we're very honoured to have you, Mary. Ah, very yeah, much indeed. Um, look, we're still going to record our standard daily pod tonight after Carlos Alcaraz and yeah. Sebastian Cordo finished doing their thing. That'll so be about 5am. That's a 5am that's a appointment that we've got, but it means that 
We can talk about whatever we like right yeah. now, Mary. You have, you have carte blanche right here. What, what would you like to talk about in tennis? We haven't seen you for... Yeah. We were, we were trying know. to work out when did we last see you. I haven't seen you, you for Nearly a couple of years. Nearly three years. Yeah, it's that's right. It's US Open 2019, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, in that's person. Right. We've obviously spoken since then. But yeah. a lot has happened since then. A lot then. has happened. A lot of it's sad. A yeah. lot of it hard. Mm. Right? Um, but it's very... I mean, look, I'm very happy to be here. This is my first sermon since last year's US Open. And uh, no one here acts like they, that COVID still exists, which is a little... Frightening. John had gotten COVID, John McEnroe, a couple of weeks ago. So he came through the throngs the other day with a mask on his face. And then he quickly realized he was the only one at Roland Garros with a mask on his face. And I think it made him a little jumpy. Uh, but anyway, it's nice to be here. What do you feel like? What do you guys feel like talking about? Stuff has happened. Stuff has happened. Yeah. 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 Well, I've you, noticed that. One thing that we were talking about in our group chat the other day is the changes that have taken place here yeah. at Roland Garros and the night sessions. And we're, we're a bit divided. I think I'm, I'm the only one who's sliced off on my own. David's pumped, pumped about everything. I quite so like that. Yeah, you don't t- take, take all the opinions <laughs> with a pinch of pumped salt. I like the night sessions here <laughs> at, at, the, at the French Open. You, not so much. No, I don't. I d- and, and the thing is, uh, I grew up, obviously, with the U.S. Open uh, night sessions. They, they feel like, you know... Madison Square Garden boxing matches. They're big and they get big matches and, and all that. But I don't like I don't like staying up late. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I, and I think, uh, I think, I don't know, this feels like a bit of a cash grab to me. I mean, there could be a women's match. It doesn't go straight through the night matches, right? But if, if, if Schwante gets a night match, the whole thing could be over in 42 minutes. Mm. Well, I, I, I got think, an issue with that. I think for that reason, they actually might not put Svantec on, on a night session. It's too big a risk Which is right now. A, a fundamental problem with yeah. the way they're setting it up. It, right. It needs but to be 7 o'clock, two matches if it's three set, three setters, and one match if it's five setters. And again, I, and as much as obviously the US Open is the one I started on, but you know, their, their opening night, I've had to work on that opening night many times, and <laughs> there was one year, there was so much pomp. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was getting out of control. And they, you know, they give you the shot sheet of what's happening. And there was, uh, you know, all this, cra- uh, a lot of speeches and the flag thing and the uh, videos and the shout outs and the, the singer. And I finally said to one of the USJ muckety mucks, I mean, why? I mean, this is crazy. The match, is, the match isn't going to, you know, start until so late. And I said, how can you keep doing this? And he said, well, we have to wait until it's dark enough for the fireworks to look good. <laughs> and that's when I lost, that's when I, I really lost my enthusiasm. Oh, but, God. Yeah, I mean, really? I mean, fireworks have been around for like, I don't know, 5,000 years. I mean, they're nice, but See, I, I, I have an issue with I'm it. I'm new to this place. So to me, this is how the French Open is. I'm not used to mm. not having a night session because I've never been here before. So does it just fundamentally change the way you, I don't know, operating your day even if you're here as media or if you're here as a fan but, you, you would you would have a certain rhythm to your day that isn't there now well I, I would I would say part of the problem is that it doesn't that actually the rhythm of the day is the same the main event generally feels like it happens during the day mm-hmm. and then the night session feels like an appendage well and again it, it's night sessions it's There's not a session been, it's, it, a, it's a night match it's a, <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, I have been this, here. This many... is the hill that Matt is going to die on. Matt like... is fuming about this. <laughs> good, good. Well, in in New York and in Melbourne, it's a session. There's Correct. play from you know on all the outside courts going on in the evening. There's a different buzz. There's a different energy. It's all part of those tournaments. Right. Here, as you said, the main event's still happening during the day, and then they're just adding on this extra match, and a- it's a- cold, and it's. Exactly. It's just very I'm annoyed about the, the cold. I, I don't, yeah, I'm a weather weenie. I, I'm with you on the cold. <laughs> but uh, but also, so often night matches drag into at Roland Garros. They drag into nine o'clock at night, nine thirty. We've we've called matches in the dark. Mm. But that's and beautiful, it's, isn't it? Because yes, it means that they're they're still going. I mean, yeah. that's exciting. That's like I can stay here till nine thirty if there's a five setter that I'm I'm proud to be a. Mm. Where one player is complaining about oh, it being it's... too dark, and the other one's saying, "No, we'll play till one <laughs> a.m." And... What's better than that? Well, exactly. Right? What's better than nighttime aggro? Right? But um, <laughs> but to to I don't know. I, and by the way, you don't get to have dinner in Paris, well, which that's, is another that's what situation. I was, I was wondering, really. We've yeah. had a lot of uh, takeaway galettes. Mary, ah, are you yes. partial to a galette? I'm not sure what that is. All it's I know is omelette de fromage. It's a, <laughs> I thought I'd make myself clear. It's a crepe. It's a It's a savoury crepe. It's a pancake with a meal inside. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Quite often it comes with so an egg on top, which I think enhances most meals. How does that travel meals. as you go back to your Airbnb? Pretty... Uh, a man brings it to us on a bike. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> We've worked this out. <laughs> okay, well, that's... All right. Um, yeah, we've had some... We've had some good galettes. Mm. All right, that's cool. Yeah. That's fine. But but twenty five years I've worked in tennis, never been here. Thirty five years, I reckon, I've been watching this tournament for. You will remember back those and, and others. What what memories stick out for for you from here? Uh, sort of matches and and occasions and 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 what is it about this place that the other slams are not? For instance, well, clay, clay is. I love clay. And I did an interview years ago uh, when Yannick Noah was still playing. And you guys, you've had Yannick on your, on your podcast. You know how he speaks, right? You know, I mean, he's the best. He's the best, right? And I was doing, I was, I was doing a, an essay, a feature on clay and what makes it so special. And I interviewed Yannick, and in that whispery voice of you, clay is like a conversation. <laughs> I hit the ball to him. He hits it back. We got, like, it was like, it was like the best. I interviewed a bunch of people. The only person I used in the feature was Yannick explaining his conversation. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've gotten, again, I've been here a lot. Uh, yeah, I love it here. Does Yannick keep you waiting the way he keeps David waiting? Did he? Did he? P- patience is a virtue. With, <laughs> it's with always <laughs> worth it in the end. Most people within tennis, and Yannick Noah in particular. <laughs> and my favorite is when we've set a time... Uh, for the following day, and he said, "No, no, no problem, no problem." Maybe, you know, and then I'm there, and I'm calling, and it's ringing out, and I know this is going to happen. So I've already put two two more hours into my schedule for when he wakes up and is absolutely appalled at himself for oversleeping <laughs> through it, and then he leaves me a voice message saying how t- how terribly he feels about it all, and could we do it a bit in five minutes? At which point. I then get about another 15 minutes interview extra because he feels so bad. Because you know? it is a conversation. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I, I've, I've been lucky. I've seen Celis, who I, I still maintain is the greatest match player I've ever seen. Really? Absolutely. Why is that? Because she, uh, uh, 
She went after every single ball, serve or return or off the ground, and she made so few errors, and she, it's like she was ignoring the score. If you watched her play, you thought, does she understand that she's playing Steffi Groff and Groff's up a set in the third? And she just, I, mean, I calling her matches, I just so well remember Monica Sellis matches where, and again, Serena was amazing, and she hit an incredible amount of winners in a set. But Monica would hit the same would hit the same amount of winners and have two or three errors. It was a totally, I mean, she was, it was remarkable. And Groff was a great clay court. I mean, I just love. I I was obviously uh, my time was with Chrissy and Martina, so I got to see those. Uh, I was I've been very very lucky. I love this place. How does Iga Schwiontek compare? She's right up there. I think she's she reminds me more of Groff than Serena or. Or anyone else, right? Does she remind you more of Graf, Matt? She reminds me of those Graf, scores right? are Graf-like. Yes, they really are. <laughs> and and you mentioned Monica Seles, and you know, tragically, she's such a what-if player. Yes. But I feel like there's a big what-if over this whole season, and maybe even Igor Shvantec's career. Right? How how does Ash Barty's retirement lead to what we're seeing now from Igo Shviontek, do you think? Because it doesn't feel like a coincidence to me that she's gone up a level, she's stepped into that mm. void since Barty left. And I, I think Shviontek's more dominant against the tour at the moment than Barty ever was, but I'm I'm kind of... Can you be nostalgic for a thing which which hasn't <laughs> happened? I'm, I'm nostalgic for Barty Shviontek right now and I'm loving what Shviontek's doing but yes. I'm, I'm still seeing it a bit through a Barty lens I don't know how, how long thought, that's going to that, take you think that rivalry would have been great I think it would have been ah. we, that's a, if there's one thing I wish would happen in women's tennis hmm. more rivalries I mean, true genuine rivalries yes I think Barty and Shviontek would have really mixed it up I do not I mean Justine and I love calling her matches she won this thing what four times and she tells a story about how her mother took her here when she was 12 years old, and she decided that one day she would win this thing. I mean, this is, uh, to me, Henan and Serena, that was a real rivalry. I mean, that was the goods, right? And, and, and that's, I don't know that there's been, I don't, I'm, in the absence of Barty, I agree with you, Matt. Who's going who's gonna to go up against Shrantek? There's no one left in this draw who's beaten Shrantek, right? Mm-hmm. Was that right? This year, anyway. This year, that's what I mean. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> and it kind of feels like anything that happened in previous Shvantec years is broadly irrelevant. Yeah. She's, you different know... Player. I know she won a French Open in, in a different year, but she's still a completely different player. Yeah. Today's the 100-day anniversary of her last loss. And Yelena Ostapenko no longer in the draw, so the secret the exactly. secret of how to beat Iga... It dies <laughs> with Yelena Ostapenko. It dies with the no-look handshake. You, you, you went to see her the other day, didn't you, in a press conference, Yelena Ostapenko? Ostapenko. Yeah, how I did. That go? I, I, I try to get to the press conferences. They're hard, obviously, if, if you're running around or doing TV. But, uh, yeah, I find her very entertaining. Very interesting. I also went to Leila Fernandez. I know this is this is going to be old news by the time this airs, but we're, we're good at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, I've seen you do that. this before. <laughs> but uh, Matt was with me when I asked Leila Fernandez. There are only a, a, a fistful of us in this press conference, and I asked because she and but she gave she spoke in what was it, Matt? English, Spanish, and French, mm. like fluently in all three, and then there were no more questions for her in English, so. Like the idiot I am, I said to her, what, 
what language do you dream in? And she's, she gave a nice answer, didn't she? Well, I, all three. And I, she's like kind of all, I, I think more Spanish. Like she's giving a, and, and, and she wasn't quite sure, and she was trying to answer it. She's trying to, you know. And I finally said, well, what language do you, if you have a dog, what language do you speak to your dog in? Because that's, to me, <laughs> right, that's, that's the gold standard. And she, immediately she said Spanish. Immediately. You've really got to the crux of something there. Well, I think, really. I, t- I think that was important. I did. <laughs> I do. She said her, her mother doesn't speak Spanish, so the dog, like, blows her off. <laughs> but the father, yeah, she speaks Spanish, and so does her dad and her sister. So that's where the dog pays attention. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. We could talk about some of the big stuff. Yeah, go we? ahead. I mean... Is tennis having an existential crisis right now, or is tennis just doing what tennis always does? Yeah, you're speaking about Wimbledon. I'm speaking about Wimbledon, the tours, all of it. The, 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 the players the, now the, saying the tours have got it wrong. The, right? the, the chasms that it's showing up. And we, we've spent 10 years joking about tennis hashtag not united. Yeah, you're right. So is this... It's such a, it's such a waste, right? They had a chance during COVID to get it right. And there was no, and to my mind, there was no movement except the only movement. There was a tweet, Mary. There yeah. Was a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, there was, that does it. There was, a, there was a four-hour period where there was a flurry of tweets. <laughs> and there was and Bethany, Bethany Matic Sands and Vasek yeah. Pospisil on a kind of halved screen. Yeah. I mean, they had, they, had, they had a chance. They had a chance to get together, and they, and they, they didn't. And it's, 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 I weep for my sport sometimes. I mean, why can't you... Why can't you guys pull together? And then, 
It sounds like the majority of players are going to go to Wimbledon, even though there's no points. That will reward them. Uh, obviously, the Ukrainians, there's... I mean, this world is on fire right now. There's blood everywhere, including in my country. Um, so I get it. I get every bit of it. I understand what everyone thinks. But, I mean, at the end of... The, and there's no elegant solution, is there? There's no elegant solution. Not, if you, not unless you rip it all up and start again. Right. Like, from, from this is a starting point. If it's hard to see how but we But what end is up the bluest sky, Catherine? Tell me what the bluest sky is with this, with this tour, with this collection of humanity. One governing body and a separate players' union. And a commissioner. A, and a, a separate players' union it, combining men and women? Men and women. Men and women. Like we've got that. that. John McEnroe's already appointed himself. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if we should. I'm not sure if he should be at the helm, <laughs> quite frankly. Maybe he should be at the helm of the players' union. Yeah, maybe. Helping them. Yeah, John, I, you know, last weekend, the first, the first Sunday of, of the French, John and I were in this booth, and he was just fed up with everybody. <laughs> I mean, there was no, there was no nuance, <laughs> which, <laughs> frankly, was refreshing. Has he ever considered Twitter? Because I feel like that would, <laughs> he'd enjoy that. He, said, he just said, everybody's wrong. <laughs> that is like, he, he just sort of, you know... He just, it, it, and, and there's part of me that believes that. And even when there is a majority among the players, I mean, does the, um, do, do, I, I'm not even sure that that's right, you know. Uh, the, the righteousness of a decision isn't determined by the number of its adherents, right? Yeah. The, oh, my gosh, Mary, you've, you've, you've just in one half sentence summed up what I waffled about for five ten minutes on the pod the other night and failed to fail uh, made made my point very clumsily i think about about the fact that i i'm reluctant to ask players what they think about this stuff mm. because i i rarely find it relevant yeah yeah because if it's about right or wrong and principle and you know in this case philosophy even mm. Mm. What Denis Shapovalov thinks about those things, unless he proves himself to be a scholar in those matters, right? We're, we're waiting. Um, the, isn't that relevant? Look, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a scholar, but I do make a point of at least, you know, trying to see it from more than just how it affects me. Which tennis players aren't doing great job of doing, I, generally I, speaking. I agree with you, and the, and the hell of it is, I mean, Wimbledon. If you if you're a little kid and you're hitting against the wall. You know, you're you're pretending you're at Wimbledon. You're pretending you've got match point, um, and and but it's a and I love Wimbledon and I get it. I get every bit of it. Um, but when I was growing up, three of the four majors were on grass. Now, <laughs> now Wimbledon's the only tournament on grass. So there's a bunch of players in those locker rooms that feel like, wait, what am I going to do? I'm not even going to get points for this thing. And yeah, I know it's Wimbledon, but. I'm not used to playing grass courts. What am I going to try to, you know? So there's uh, everything, every, I don't know. I come from, Billie Jean has accused me of being uh, a purist, <laughs> which I, she meant as a diss. I take it as the greatest <laughs> compliment anybody's <laughs> ever given me. You know, she thinks I'm too ideal, Id- idealistic. Um, and again, uh, okay, I'll die on that hill. Mm. Uh, B- Billie Jean actually said she doesn't agree with Wimbledon's decision. Right. She understands... Right. How difficult it is, but she was very categoric. Yes, she this was. is discrimination. This is not how we set up the tours, and this is not how society should be um, based on 
just the, the the place that these human beings have been born in. That that shouldn't exclude them from taking part in this tournament. The other part of that, but you're exactly right. But in Billy's uh, conversation with uh, with Catherine, you know, Billy makes the point continue. Like, women doesn't need help. I mean, women. The majors are the majors, and everyone understands the honor of playing at the majors. Which he tried to do for so many years is get. The women together and create a, and create the tour and and Martina and Chrissy would play three times as much as the players do this today. You know they understood that 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 was the important thing. Uh, so there's a part of me that I, I understand she's a, she's a blue collar union girl from way back. So of course she's gonna she's gonna think that. And again, nobody's no to my mind it's it's such it's such a terrible mess and. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to say. Yep, that's what we should do. <laughs> that, because I can argue. I can argue both. I can argue every argument. Right? Is this more of a crisis point than than tennis has seen in decades? Or yes. Is, or is that recency bias? I think it is. But I also, in the same breath, Catherine, I would say that I have never seen anything as horrific as Russia trying to destroy Ukraine. You know, I mean, Vietnam happened in you know the 60s. I was a kid. I was 10, 11 years old. I am watching that in real time, and it is the most tragic thing in the world. So that, to me, colors everything. You know, I understand. And can I just say, I mean, I know the first thing the tours did was take away the flags of the players. Okay. That's something, but if there's no flag next to a player's name, it means either Russian or, or Belarusian. So, like, <laughs> like that to me was a st- almost a stunt. Do you think they should do a lottery and pick a random flag out of the hat <laughs> as a sort of decoy, <laughs> decoy flag? I mean, it's just like <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and, and, and interestingly, I, before Russia invaded Ukraine uh, and blew it up, uh, Steve Simon, the, who's the head of the Women's Tennis Association, had a bunch of us in a big Zoom call. It was a nice thing to do. We were, and this was about Peng Shui and about the mental health of the WTA. It was a lovely... There were dozens of legends, and me, basically. <laughs> I mean, Pammy was on it. Tracy was on it. Billy and Alon. I, Martina was on this call. And I had to leave it early. So in the chat room, I wrote... I, he's explained that Peng Shui, like, they're not replying to him. There's no real traction on it. Nobody knows how she's doing or what she's doing. And... So I just wrote, I had to leave, so I, I wrote in that chat thing in Zooms, I just wrote, who gets to decide? Who gets to decide these things? I mean, who, if Russia invades Ukraine, uh, what does the WTA do? If don't say gay passes in the state of Florida, which it has, which I am personally <laughs> take as a real, I mean, I can't believe that happened. Uh, does that mean the women shouldn't play the Miami Open? I mean, who's, who gets to make those kind of decisions? And I, and I have to thank uh, Steve Simon because he wrote me a lovely email the next day because I, I wrote it and then I left. <laughs> uh, uh, and he just wrote back and said uh, that it's, that's, the t- that's the tough thing. Who gets to decide where tennis goes or what it means? And, and he just said, he, he basically said it's going to be a case-by-case. Case. Which battles you fight. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you heard the... The interview that we had with with Steve Simon, which, which primarily was set up to respond to the story that that Pam told, which mm. I'm sure we'll speak about in a minute. But you know, 
while we had him, we took the opportunity to ask him about a lot of things. And he pretty much fronted up to that. He yeah. said, with Peng Shui, we have skin in the game. Yes. So that's why we've chosen that hill to die on. He sort of acknowledged there are probably equally valid causes that we exactly. could adopt, but exactly. we don't have any particular investment okay, in them, but which uh, is... I admire the honesty about that, and I suppose that's just reality. But but there's also <laughs> that sense of ambiguity about mm, it. exactly. Uh, so for for a purist, Mary, and uh, I think <laughs> I think if Billie Jean were in the room, she would probably point that finger at me as as well. <laughs> um, and I too would take it as a compliment. I'm just giving myself compliments from Billie Jean King here. That's, <laughs> that's I realise that's go on, Catherine. That's what yeah, just go on. Happened. Go on. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. I've but it, uh, well, here's the thing, uh, though, Catherine. For, for if, purists, that's incredibly hard. Yes, to, to of course with. it is. Of course. But here, with the four of us are here, sitting here, watching Roland Garros, and there are Russians playing. There are Belarusians playing. How does it feel? Does it feel like something's going wrong? It feels like watching them. I'm not even. Ju- if I just keep my eyes on the court, I don't look at them and think of what's going on. And uh, and that, and then when I catch myself thinking like that, I also feel bad about it. Mm. You know, that's right. As you said, I ultimately, I feel bad for them that they're not able to play Wimbledon when they've done nothing themselves, and I feel bad for watching them play tennis here at Roland Garros and kind of commenting on their tennis without really thinking at the same time about what's happening in Ukraine. So. How can you f- how can you feel okay with any of it? And can I just say um, I've done fifteen Olympics, uh, and I love I'm, I'm like Catherine. I love the Olympics as well. But I have boycotts don't work, do they? Do boycotts work? I mean, the athletes get nailed. You know, they get kicked to the curb. I'm, I'm never I've, I'm not sure that anything that happens at Wimbledon is going to change. Vladimir Putin's mind about anything, and I understand that it's, you know, we uh, we 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 call it sports washing in, in the U.S. Mm, you know, we do too. Yeah, I mean that's like, I just I don't know. John McEnroe thinks there should be a boycott, uh, but I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, what what kind of thud <laughs> is that going to have? But what other levers are there to to exactly. pull? Yeah, I well, think that's the. Uh, no, I don't think anybody thinks it's a perfect perfect tool did did boycotting work in south africa cliff drysdale a south african uh he he thinks it did he thinks it changed things because sports can change things right um look i come out here and i forget everything but but how great this sport is (laughs) Uh, and then i go home and i watch i watch cnn and i see what's happening in my country and in ukraine and then i I start weeping. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how much. I don't know. I don't know how important it is for Wimbledon to do what it, what it's doing. And and I have to ask because you guys are, you you would know more than me. It, it, this isn't over, right? Aren't there going to still be maneuvers happening? Isn't Wimbledon going to come up with? Well, it's the, their turn. We believe to do something. We believe the cavalry are, are coming. Yeah. W- Wimbledon the, representatives are potentially drinking champagne on the Eurostar as we speak. The, the latest I heard was that there, were, there might be a chance of keeping the points on the rankings from last year's event. That's, I, but I then that just, doesn't that just disadvantage the people that 
didn't so- score points last. That it just disadvantages a a different group of people, doesn't every, it? Every every solution disadvantages yeah. somebody. That's the hell of it. Everyone, you know, if you freeze the points of the affected players and then go on, I, I don't know how fair that is either. I love. I, it's interesting that Novak Djokovic, who's got the most to lose in terms of points. Is still it's more important for him to win another major. Mm. He's obviously he's a favorite at Wimbledon, right? I he's uh, it's it's a it's a tricky tricky thing. I I don't know. But but I think that probably brings us back to tennis united, right? I, I don't think anyone is saying that there are any easy decisions here, and I think everyone is you know can see the other side. But what right. what has upset people is the way that the decisions have been made. Um, yeah unilaterally by Wimbledon um, you know players not getting consulted on the point stuff like and then Sloan Stevens here. who's uh, as we speak still in this tournament is saying well, well you don't understand the behind the scenes you know <laughs> what they're doing behind the couch I'd like to know what they're doing behind the <laughs> yeah. couch yeah. we would like nothing more <laughs> let's, let's all just you know take a swan dive behind that couch because <laughs> I do want to know what's going on I mean how can we speak about this if, if they're pulling back on you know on on that subject, Mary, and the 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 myop, myopicness of tennis players, we talked about this the other day. You know, when when all the players were coming in from their first round matches, and everybody was being asked in turn their their views on Wimbledon mm. and then on the tour's subsequent retaliation, and pretty much to a man or woman, eager Schwantek aside, their opinions aligned with how they were directly affected <laughs> by the various decisions. Yes. No is, surprise, <laughs> by the way. Is tennis, you cover a lot of other sports, mm. and in fact increasingly mm-hmm. more sports more sports besides tennis than tennis. Is tennis particularly bad from that perspective because of how individualistic and it is and how selfish you have to be to be at the top of this sport because I, of its demands. I also think it's it's one of the bigger sports that's international. So every, I mean, uh, there's a very good, hello. Hello. Sorry. Hello. Hi. Oh, actual NBC people are here. Uh, uh, please leave. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's a part of it too, don't you? That, I mean, there, you know, if, if there are, if there are things going on in baseball or American football, or they're, they tend to be American Americans, so they're all going to sort of feel collectively about something. But in this sport, I mean, that's just never going to happen, right? I, I think one of the things that disappointed me, and maybe I'm just completely naive, is but during the pandemic, when Roger Federer put out his tweet, you know what, I think maybe that it's time for the tours to become one. As, as if no one had thought and of Rafael before. Nadal sort of amplified that, and then everybody got on the train, and it's like, yeah, this is what we should do. And then nothing's been heard of since. Okay, they've got the hashtag, they've got the sort of social media campaign, they are talking to one another and trying to do a few sort of superficial things mm. together, I suppose you could say, really. But that talk has just ended. I mean, yeah. that, that, was, that was all nonsense, really, wasn't it? I don't know what inspired Roger to do that. And, I, and look, I'm right behind him. But I don't see why that happened and then led to the square root of nothing. Roger, God, God bless him. <laughs> but Roger tweeted as like, 
wait, something has just occurred to me. <laughs> like, Raj, my dude, <laughs> we've all been talking about this for a long time, you know. And I, I remember, I think I texted that uh, I, I, I texted that to Billie Jean. I said, hey, look what Raj just <laughs> <laughs> Billie Jean's been talking about since the late 60s. Um, yeah, that, I, again, what, there's, there was no heft to, to that. To, to a lot of tweets, and there's no, there tends not to be much heft to tweets anyway. I mean, you put your thing out there, and that. But if Federer, if Federer decided, I want there to be some heft to this. I want there to be more than a tweet. He could make it happen. He's Rod- it, who has more power in this sport than but Roger has, Federer. I'm well, always reminded that Naomi Osaka brought the tours to a stop during yeah. Cincinnati in 2020. It was Cincinnati played in New York, wasn't right. it? And, you know, that's the power of the yeah, voice. They actually didn't play that day. Yeah. yeah. Because she said, I'm not playing. Yeah. And she and didn't mean for everything to stop. She was just acting on her own. Right, exactly. But I think she and shamed both tours. Yeah. Because they hadn't done it. Well, look, and and player, power, player power how it has its significant downsides. But, but this could be an upside. You, you've told us what you believe in. I, I haven't heard Make what Federer happen. has said about Wimbledon. Has he? Has he? No. No, I haven't heard about. I mean, no. you know what I mean. I don't think we're going to be hearing how no, Federer I mean. feels about I mean, Wimbledon. He's, you know, he's his own brand, and he's. Mm. He, why should he jump in? If Is he's, that disappointing? Yes, absolutely. Of course, of course. Um, I wish he would. I wish he would. Say You've more. just described a person as a brand, Mary. No, I know. Which I hate. <laughs> I hate. The but first time I heard we, that expression was Maria Sharapova. Uh, in a in a New York Times article, she didn't say it of herself, but she, it was about her, no, and I thought, oh my god, this is disgusting. And now, oh sorry, this, NBC <laughs> is checking in again. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh. oh hell, I'm sorry. It's okay. I, All right. I, I, um, I wonder whether I wonder whether Federer post career will be maybe more outspoken. You know, once uh, once he's kind of got into a position of of not. Well, I don't know. He's going to take. He's going to pivot in some ways, and he's already doing that. He's been building his other interests for many years now. He's 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 a lot more besides tennis. But I wonder whether once he's put tennis behind him, I wonder what life looks like for Roger Federer. He doesn't need any more money. He doesn't. He's got a great portfolio of of things that he can do publicly. But what what moves him? And I know he's he's got in, incredible charitable. Uh, yes. Foundation that he oh, really yeah. invests himself, and in. he goes to South Africa. He goes. He does a lot of things. Lot. But I wonder whether there's something else within tennis, whether he wants to make a difference and, and change from where we are. I don't see him as Billie Jean. I don't see him in those ways. I, and I and I'm I'm obviously very respectful, and and I, I think he's a, a remarkable fellow in a lot of ways, but. I don't see him doing that. I think I think he loves being Roger Federer. I mean, if if I were Roger Federer, I would love being Roger <laughs> Federer too. And it looks like a good life. <laughs> but I don't think he gets. He wants to get in the mess. I really don't. Who, who does? Where's the next Billie Jean coming from? Uh, I I look. My favorite feminist is Andy Murray. <laughs> I just think he's. I I think he's very tuned in. I think he's very bright, and he's willing to throw himself out there. I'm not saying he's the next Billie Jean, but uh, of all of them, I think I'm most respectful of Andy Murray. Right? Mm. I mean, is there someone, uh, someone different? And and hey, I think I do believe that Novak Djokovic wants to affect real change. I absolutely believe he does. It's just been done in such a clumsy way, but I think he really, I think he cares about the sport. 
I think he wants. I want. I think he wants Serbia to become a real power in the sport. Um, and he's God knows he's you know he's made a lot of headaches for himself. Um, I'm I'm respectful of that. Among the women, I'm going to have to get back to. You. Do you see any any of the women stepping up? No, right now no, and I. I feel very torn about this because on one hand I think it's not just down to women to to make changes for women. You know, the patriarchy is all of our problem. Yes. It's you know, it affects men as well and it requires men to to not just do their bit but do more than their bit really because they have the power. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the cycle that we're in. But I also and am undeniably disappointed in the women you know um consistently and i you know i i dipped my toe into asking asking a player this week about best of five tennis and look i'm okay with i'm i'm okay with diversity of opinion on best of five tennis not every it's you know there's cases to be made on both sides for for men and for women Mm -hmm. what i'm not okay with is just this sort of reflex acceptance that that this is just how things are, and was that the we, answer you women got? make space for men, and that's how it. Yeah, I so I asked Maria Sakkari after okay. her match with Karolina Mukova because it coincided with Alexander Zverev on Chatrier, and it was actually Hannah on our Twitter that made the very direct comparison of, you know, Sakkari two extremely tight sets, no a no chance for fans to watch more of that match that was brilliant mm. it felt like there was more to go and mm. and b no chance for maria sakari to to find her way back in into that match whereas you had zverev on chatrier taking a leisurely old route <laughs> <laughs> and you know two completely dud sets in in the middle there um and what did she say what was her response? she said five sets would be great for me i'd love it okay but it's never going to happen because of the schedule. And I said, I, I, I presented her with the Tennis Podcast Manifesto, which was probably a lot to take on in, in the moment. When she just lost. In, when she just lost. But, you know, she lofted up the that's ball a, and I, I okay. batted it away. <laughs> and she said, oh, no, 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 that could, that could, that could never happen. That, that could never happen. Right. Um, things will never change. Let's leave them as they are. And it really struck me. This is a woman that... Would potentially, she wants a Grand Slam so desperately, right. possibly more than anybody else. Right. That's why she's not winning them because <laughs> she wants it so bad it's making her muscles twitch. But it's the energy but, that it takes to, but she's yeah. prepared to put yourself to ex- out there. Isn't she's it? accepting that she's, she's minimizing her chances of that happening mm. to make room for men. But, but and it, she just accepts that as a, and look, nobody, not everybody can be Billie Jean King. Isn't, isn't that but the, the point, though? Come as, on. Uh, one of the points is that while players are active, right. to actually put yourself out there and say, oh, this matters so much to me, yeah. I'm going to try to enforce change. What about your practice schedule? What about your tournament well, that's next week? The thing. When Billy and, and uh, I, I agree with that. I mean, when Billy was doing everything she was doing, the professional sport of tennis was still in diapers. So I think there was room to throw your elbows around, you know. Uh, <laughs> but who's doing it post-retirement? And that's the problem, I think, is yeah. people are then happy to move on. Well, really, that's the thing, uh, uh, and you're right, because there are so many, we know so many uh, players post-retirement who are tournament directors, 
who run tournaments, who own tournaments. You know, they want to stay in the game. Mm. I think a lot of these people. Somebody asked me uh, when Maria Sharapova was still very active and playing great. Uh, do you think Maria would be a great commentator? Uh, and I said, yeah, but she doesn't look at tennis as an anchor. This is a springboard for her. She's not going to hang around. And uh, and that's it. Sounds like it seems like that's what's happened. You know. Mm. Yeah. What's What's the direction of travel? On this stuff, of on travel? on equality and equity, and you know, we still don't have any openly gay male players in tennis. Mm-mm. We sort of we always just assume that the direction of travel on these progressive issues, albeit slow, is at least in the right direction. But it doesn't always actually feel like that in practice. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I don't know when all that's gonna. I honestly don't think the locker room, the men's locker room, would have an issue with that. I can't imagine it. I mean, being gay is not like a, you know, <laughs> I, I know a couple of people, <laughs> including my partner, who, who seems to be gay. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. Um, it doesn't seem like it's that. I mean, everybody's got a gay relative, you know, a gay friend. I mean, how, how can that still be a thing? I really, I don't understand that part. I don't. I don't. Except in my state of Florida. Where you're not allowed to talk about mm. it. I mean, this is insanity. I mean, my country is in so many ways going backwards, and it's very, very frightening. The abortion issue, the gay issue, uh, these these guns, these god awful guns that everyone seems to want to own. Well, but we've got our own problems, but we'd welcome you with open arms in in the UK, Mary. <laughs> I come in peace. You, there's we've we've got Brexit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's, uh, that's it. Like tennis may not be progressing, but society might not be either. And mm. Hanya Yanagihara, who we both read, Catherine, she says, uh, "Time is like an arrow, but history is like a helix. And no. time keeps going forward, but history goes all over the place. And things improve, they get worse, they improve. Like it's, frust- Matt, it's frustrating. Well, but Matt, I I am absolutely convinced that every problem in the history of the world has been caused by a bully mm. i mean you look at our world look at it's just a bunch of bullies and guess what a lot of bullies are men <laughs> mm-hmm. um, i you know i mean that is that's where the power is you know that's where all of the agency is and that's that's something that's got to change i hate bullies i hate them well we do have our own one of those so maybe consider I don't know where. Where's got its? What country's got its stuff together? Tahiti, <laughs> New Zealand, Fiji. Yeah, exactly. I love her. <laughs> yeah, I love her. I mean, let's all move to New Zealand and <laughs> lie on a beach and talk about tennis there. Golda Meir, the late Greek Golda Meir, said said when she she said uh, she was talking about war, you know, Israel's you know, many war, and she said. Uh, something like I, I, it's. She said it much better than I'm about to say it. But she said something like, um, "Women understand that your grandchildren are killing our grandchildren, and our grandchildren are killing your like." That's a. Th- it just makes no sense, right? It makes no sense. I can't believe this war on Ukraine is still going. I, I genuinely thought it was gonna. It was gonna be settled in a hurry, but we might be talking about this at the U.S. Open, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Or at the U.S. Open in five years, exactly. you know, that's 
Exactly. You know, I know it seems frivolous to bring it back to tennis, but this isn't a one-year deal, most likely. This could be, you know, Medvedev never getting to play Wimbledon again. And it's, you know... And and becoming number one during Wimbledon. There's a very good (laughs) chance that mathematically a Russian who's not allowed to play at Wimbledon will become number one Mm. at Wimbledon. I mean, does anyone have an issue with that? Awkward at best. (laughs) I mean, that just... that. Uh, there's there's so much wrong. Mm. It's uh, and yet here we are, here we are, lucky enough to be here. Here we are in Thank drinking goodness champagne, the weekend, at least <laughs> watching you know watching some tennis. Yeah, it's I um I was so engrossed I did not see if Leila Fernandez she won. won that. Did she? Did. She? she won. That is not good for David's predictions, but I personally am pleased. No. I like her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, how many days are we up to now? Is this sixth day? Sixth day. I've got one right in six. Okay. He's in. But, these are two, these but are two horse battles. We too fun, Mary, because it makes him go for Hail Marys. Yeah. I'm going big Given the tonight. opportunity, he would predict Alias Bedene to beat Novak Djokovic right now. Igor Fiontek, watch out. Every, I'm picking everybody to beat you. Okay. I'm, all right. I know, um, I'll enjoy watching that. We should, um, we should let you go and do something else with your day, Mary. Um, is there anything you'd, else you'd like to say with your carte, carte blanche? Just, I, I I congratulate you three. I really enjoy your stuff. I I I so admire your work. Oh, thank really you so it. much. That feeling you, is I really very do. mutual. It is. And um, can I give you an outro for this particular podcast? You sure Please. can. Because I know you guys do intros. I'm Matt Sreelander. I'm Pam. I'm Billie Jean King. Here it comes. I'm Mary Carillo. And this omelet is closed. (laughs) (laughs) Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.